what I was doing is basically taking five to 10 years off of my learning experience by leveraging other people's experience. What's going on, Getting Magnetic Fam? It's Finance Friday. Our goal with this series is to build your financial literacy as we head into a recession. So you can not only be prepared, but you can thrive through this recession and beyond. And the best thing, we're going to put sophisticated topics into layman's terms so everyone can understand it. You're going to learn everything about money they don't teach you in school so you can build your money mindset and skills and build that life for your dreams. Now let's get to the episode. Okay, so you guys know I've been doing these Finance Fridays, and I realized I had to invite my friend Greg on to be a part of this and to interview him, and it hit me when I saw that he bought a $14 million jet, and I saw this in one of his speeches or something. He bought a $14 million jet for tax purposes, and then how he did it and financed it, and I was like, I I literally hit him up. I'm like, wait, you bought a $14 million jet for write-offs, one that, that says, you know, how much he's making, but two, how he did it was so creative. He's, he bank financed it. I'm like, you paid, you put 20% down on a jet. He's like, yeah. And you know, I was able to write a good amount off and, but now, you know, you got to be able to carry that loan and all the things. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't even like think about this. I got to interview you. I got to share your knowledge, your story with people, um, what you do, how you accumulate wealth. Because you know, the other thing is I look at Greg, he's a guy I go to the gym with. He's got a great balance in his life. He's got a great family life. He's a loving father, husband, and very successful businessman. So without further ado, let's learn from Greg today on today's Finance Friday. All right, all right. I'm pumped for today's episode. We're bringing on a special guest that I personally know, Greg Herlean. And he is someone I met through our CrossFit gym in Dana Point, uh, California. Shout out. Beach City's Fitness. I got you, Zach. Um, and he's a guy I could tell, like when I first met him, he was successful, yet he was really humble and carried himself well. And he's someone I I got to know better and I looked up to because he seemed to be, you know, successful and sharp and wise, but he, I could tell he prioritized his family, his wife, he crushed it in business and seemed to live like a healthy, fun lifestyle. And, you know, he's, he's invited me and, and Sandy out to his home in Las Vegas and he goes between Vegas and Orange County, but I want to read off a few tangibles and bios and I'm going to invite Greg on. So first and foremost, proud father of four, love that. And proud husband to his wife, Jess. He's done in business over a billion in lending and self-directed IRA business. Amazing. Uh, flipped over 550 homes, over 2000 apartments and 12 hotels. Published author, public uh, speaker, lives in Las Vegas and San Clemente, California. Um, he keeps up with Wade on his CrossFit workouts. I added that to the bio, which is <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to read one last quote from the bio. So I was on his website, just, uh, just checking it out. And his daughter, is it Miley? Yeah, Miley. Yeah. Miley said, this is how she sums up what her dad, Greg does. I think my dad's job is helping people get more money to get a good house. My dad is good with money, but the worst thing he has in his work is bad penmanship. <laughs> What if one time he needs to do an assignment and needs to write it? I would give him a zero. 
People want to read my dad's book because they want to learn how to earn money. Everyone wants to learn how inspiring his book is. People want to work with my dad so they will be happy. I like watching my dad sing in public horribly and embarrass himself. Greg, welcome to the show. What a a wow! You did do a little research first. That you found that that was uh, that was a little while ago. So uh, thanks for having me, Wade. And uh, you know, I, I I never forget people that constantly beat me. You know, you don't usually remember too many of the people that you beat but when you get beaten every day at the gym uh, that's how i i uh, always remember who weight is so so thanks for having me <laughs> yeah i love it i love it well i always you know too like i'm a just kind of outgoing positive happy guy and so i naturally gravitate towards that and i always like pick up on, on energy and greg just has great energy and you know i started to get to know him better i'm like gosh i i want to share greg with with my network with my people because i think you've so much to to offer and kind of like I like I mentioned in the intro but business success and making money is really cool but it's there's got to be a why behind it and so I really when I when I look at you and and kind of look up to you from a mentorship standpoint it, it's really around kind of what I see and why you're doing it because you kind of provide and live this lifestyle with your family and I can tell you're present with them and you know I leave and looking on your website. I saw all the videos of soccer coaching and coaching and being present and all the things throughout the year. So I think that's awesome. But I, so I see you, you know, you flipped all these houses, you've done billions of dollars in lending and self-directed IRAs and we'll get there. So right now today, like you're a successful guy and you seem to be happy and live this balanced life. But I want to hear your origin story. Like how'd you become the Greg you are today? In as much uh, or little detail as you want, but I think people always appreciate the the origin story. Well, I'll go quick because how I got here today, there's definitely been a long process and a lot of lessons learned. Um, but I would say um, it's really how I was raised, you know, great loving parents, um, but similar, I, you know, I don't know your all your story, Wade, but I feel like I've got bits and pieces of it. But typically most entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, learn um, from how they grow up and from those around them. And so for me, that's how it was. Uh, Fortunately, I had great parents um, that loved me, but uh, I would say they weren't the, they weren't entrepreneurs. And I, I, I recall always hanging out with my friends whose parents could take me to Disneyland, you know, who, you know, I remember the first time a parent gave me a hundred dollars for the day somewhere. And I was like, I've never seen a hundred dollar bill. Right. And, you know, I was always at my friend's house that had a boat you know, and so, you know, so I just, I knew growing up that at some point I wanted to live, a, you know, be home for my, for my kids. And so that's really why I came from my dad. He worked really, really hard, you know, early morning, six, 7am till 7pm. Uh, so I learned a lot of great work ethic from him, but I also learned that I wanted to be home. So it was, that's kind of when I started it. And, and I'll tell you just a real, real quick version too. When I, after serving a religious mission, I came back and I met this guy and through a date, a first date, she actually took me by her house. I think she was trying to brag, like, here's where I live. <laughs> uh, and it worked because I was like, oh, my gosh. And I remember it was like a Wednesday at two o'clock. And, you know, you talk about lifestyle. I mean, this guy it was, you know, the big house that I could never, my parents never had. And he was washing his boat on a Wednesday at two. Mm-hmm. A boat, a house, Wednesday at two. I, I actually, at that moment, at 22 years old, was like, whatever he's doing, I'm going to learn it. Mm. And, and fortunately it wasn't drugs, it, you know, it was legitimate uh, business. And, and so I just, I jumped into a business and I, and my why became, you know, that and I wanted to create a family and a lifestyle 
that I didn't necessarily have, but I saw around me. So that that's kind of where it began. And, you know, I didn't come from money. My friends didn't have money. Family didn't have money, but I knew that I wanted that money. So, yeah. So. We have a similar, I, I resonate with that so much. We have a similar story in the sense that great loving parents, so grateful for them, learned a lot from them. And a lot of it too, like they, yeah, they weren't entrepreneurs. We were kind of blue collar and we didn't have a lot. And it actually drove me too. Whereas like, oh, I can't, oh, I, I don't get lunch money. I have to borrow from my friends. Or yeah, when I do the fun, nice things, it's usually at friends' houses or going the trips or different stuff. And it kind of drove me to be like, to be like, okay, I do want that life. Same type thing. And uh, the great thing my parents had, like unconditional love, like that, that was the best. Like, <laughs> hey, go for it. And supporting me and being my biggest cheerleader, but also teaching me. I remember my dad, you know, he, in the beginning of his career, when I was young, he was building out like stores, basically like video game stores. He had a uh, contract with EB Games at the time, now GameStop. And we would go in and be four walls and it would be 10 days. And we'd have to go from like four walls, like to putting up the slat wall and everything and being a finished GameStop store um, in 10 days. And it was like really hard manual labor. And he'd make a decent amount in that 10 days, but he'd bust his butt and then he'd take a little time off and bust his butt and take a little time off. And he put through me into that fire to be like, hey, you don't want to do this. Like, get, stay in school, get good grades, go into business, like go, go yeah. be a businessman. And I was like, I want to make money and this isn't the place to do it because I thought money was success in the beginning. And so I was like, okay, I better go to business school. Like all these businessmen make money, right? And, but I felt like business school trained me to be a really good, I got my master's in finance to be a really good kind of employee. And that's what I did. But at some point when I moved to California is the same thing. I started to look at people like five years ago. So a little later for me, I was probably 28. I started to look at people's lifestyles. I'm like, wait, I want that lifestyle, like that lifestyle freedom and working as hard as they want and really reaping the benefit from that versus someone else. So I guess early on for you, would you say you're entrepreneurial and like, talk me through like kind of your journey, but also the mentorship, like you just decided you wanted to kind of latch onto that guy and you did like, what, what would you say as far as like the importance of, of, you know, your network and, and mentorship in your life? Well, look, I, I still feel like today relationships are the most important thing. That's what build everything in my life. And so, uh, I mean, I, hard work in relationships, as I mm -hmm. say, I mean, so, so when I first got in my business, when I met this guy, I was willing to do anything and everything. I remember going and like getting his dry cleaning and do, I mean, I was 23 mm -hmm. years old and I, but you know, I was, I just still going to school part-time, but I was quickly, I was about to drop out of college actually. And out of the university. And so I, but until, until I still was doing part-time school and I was doing anything he said, but most importantly, uh, I was listening. And so I'd go on meetings and I would talk, I would just hear him speak and how he would sell and how he would, and, and, and hear what the clients he was talking to wanted and what they're looking for. And I was the one filling out applications and notes and he was selling life insurance, but at the same time, he was also selling trust deeds and real estate investments. And I just remember being at every single um, appointment and every time uh, real estate came up, clients all like would get like perked up about it and excited about it. And whenever insurance came up, clients would buy it or invest in it because they had to, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't fun or exciting, but, yeah. but, but, but real estate was. And so I latched onto that really quick. And for me, mm. it was the same way. I was like, I've got to figure out real estate because that's what clients want to talk about. And, and then really quickly, I was, I just, 
I, I, I learned that I needed to figure out how to raise money for real estate. And, and so at 23, that's what I was doing. I was building relationships and leveraging his 30 years of experience. A lot of people now, I mean, I was actually this last weekend, I was in Florida, uh, same stage with, uh, stage with Ed Milet and Alex, mm. uh, Alex uh, Rodriguez spoke. It was awesome. Wow. But I got to speak and people were talking and they asked me, well, like, what's like the first step? How do I begin? Like, this sounds great. And I'll mm. tell you, some of the things I did, I didn't necessarily know what I was doing. Mm. Thank, thankfully, I, I made the right decisions. But what I was doing is basically taking five to 10 years off of my learning experience by leveraging other people's experience. Mm. And, and so if you're looking to build your business and you think you want to be whatever it is, own gain stops or uh, a real estate business or an influence, whatever you want to be, mm-hmm. go live in that guy or that woman's shoes for like six months or three mm-hmm. months, literally go and do work for free. Because that that those that free hours or time or weeks you put into it, you're gonna find out real quick if that person is really happy, if that person really is 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 legit and making good money. You know, if they if someone wants to be like Wade and Sandy, like go hang out with Wade and Sandy and say, Hey Wade, let me go pick up your laundry, let me go help you take let me I wanna be around you as much as possible to mm-hmm. see if that's like something I wanna do. Mm-hmm. That that school of thinking really quick will help you figure out if it's if it's something that you want to do or not want to do rather than all of a sudden going to school or trying to figure it out for two three four five years and find out it's not what you wanted to do and yeah. so that that's the first thing i would say is, is is finding someone that's successful in the space you want to be in spend time with them uh and you're gonna have to give first i mean that's the big thing people talk about now mm-hmm. but you really got to do it you've got to be what can i do to help wade like can i how do i help wade and sandy build what they need, whatever it might be that Wade and Sandy are trying to like, whatever you might be struggling with, if I can bring that to you. I know later on, you're going to do the same for me mm-hmm. instead of, instead of saying, Hey, Wade, can you help me out with this? I mean, I don't really know you quite yet is, mm-hmm. is, is it's tougher for me to give because I've got enough people that, you know, I've got to already help or be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you start doing something for me, I want to give back. And so yeah. building your relationships, um, understanding what you really want to do and actually then spending time in that area um, were quick things that I learned at an early age uh, to figure out what I, you know, what, what I was going to do in my life. I love that. Let's re- recap a few key points there. I mean, I think everyone understands the power of mentorship, but what Greg, what I caught that Greg said there, which actually isn't talked about a lot is, okay, you, you might see these things on Instagram and like want to follow these people or do what they do, you see the highlight reel, right? Like go spend time in their world and like what they do on a day-to-day basis. And are they happy? Are they happy on Instagram? Are they happy in real life? Like, cause at the end of the day, we want money and success and certain things and whatever to really ultimately be fulfilled and happy. So it's like, go live in that world and understand like, is this somewhere I want to be and operate? And is it, do I want to emulate this person's success? And then part two is if so, you go and give first, you go and serve first, you go like going up to someone and be like, Hey, can I take you out to lunch? I want to pick your brain. You're like, Hey, I want to get value from you. It's like, how can you flip the script? And like, how can I give this person value? Let me study them a bit. Let me see. Yeah. What pain point do I have? Do they have in their life? Like, Oh, could I teach them something about health or fitness? Maybe they crush it in business or whatever it is. Or can I pick up their laundry, anything? So I love that. What would you say? 
going through, like, I want to hear one of your biggest like successes in business and how did that go down? But then on the flip side, I want to hear like some of your, one of your biggest failures and like what you learned from it. Uh, well, there's uh, different times in my career where I probably three or four pinnacle things that I did. I would say, um, I mean, I can go over a couple of them, but, uh, but one in particular, I would say was about seven years ago. I think you've talked about this a little bit way, but I learned actually, yeah, it was seven or eight years ago. So I heard someone talk about entrepreneurship and they're like, Oh man, you guys are all business owners. Right. And, but when are you working? How are you spending your time? And who owns you? Do you own your schedule or does your calendar own you? Mm. And so I remember seven years ago hearing that. And I was like, this is my business. I've built it now at that point, you know, for 12 years and my calendar owned me. Mm. Like I, you know, I was like, I was catching up all the time. And so mm. I made a, 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 at that point, I, I'll never forget. It was seven years ago that I decided that I was going to own my schedule not my schedule on me. There's a big difference. And so I went back to my staff, to my assistant. I said, these are the hours I work, 10 to three. That's when I work. Now mm-hmm. I might take a call before, after whatever the case, but I am not taking appointments after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and by doing so, I actually spent more efficient time. I really, I mean, I actually made more money by shortening my hours of work and I was more focused. And I also got you can appreciate this, got to spend more time on the things that really I cared about more. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't care about work, but I actually mm-hmm. got a little more gym time or I got a little more family time or take mm-hmm. the kids to school time. And and so that was a difference maker. I've, I see that entrepreneurs, they're always hustling mm-hmm. and hustle is important. But if you're trying to create this whole work balance life thing, for me, I have to schedule it. I literally schedule it. Now my schedule is different now. That was seven years ago. And now in the last like four years, I've made it where I work particular days. I work longer days. I'll work from like seven to eight, mm-hmm. you know, one or two days a week, but then like less hours other days. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was a huge difference maker. And I'll tell you something else that was really cool is this weekend, A-Rod was on, you know, was on, this was a question came up to A-Rod too, or his answer was similar to what I'm talking about, about his schedule. And he, he goes to work every day at 12 and he ends at six every day. And when I say goes to work, one thing that I'm going to implement is he doesn't turn his phone on until noon. How, mm. how, how awesome is that? Wow. So so I, I will a little bit turn my phone on, right? Where I'm a little mm. bit messaging or whatever. Uh, I need to eliminate that. And mm. so he turns his phone on at noon and his whole team knows that. He's 12 to 6. He mm. works hard. He jams it in. He's very And he only focuses on three or four problems a day not wow. 10 or 15. Yeah. And so, so I thought I had a pretty good. And then I listened to him this week. And I was like, I need to do better. And so that was, that was something though, that I actually made a conscious effort to, to make my team know my calendar um, to be more successful. And, and it really was a life changer big time that happened seven years ago. And then, and then I'd say, I share one other thing is when I was 24 years old, I learned about a subject that we'll probably talk about a little bit, but I learned about the power of retirement IRA money. And, and, and before I go into like I'm not too long of that, I'll kind of go back to your minute, Wade, but I learned about the importance of having access to money. Mm. Uh, and so at 23, 24, <laughs> or even today, every, every, if you have money, there's always opportunity. Mm. I mean, I, I, there's just so much opportunity, but if, but if you have no money, no bank and no leverage, no investors, uh, you can't take advantage of too much. And so I was real quick to understand money at such an early age 
that it enabled me to start many businesses and also help people fund their deals. And so that was a huge change for me. And that my whole career is now based upon that. But at 24, uh, because I found out I was working so hard finding real estate deals, but I couldn't close them. I was, I I didn't have money. Mm -hmm. And so I I figured out how to leverage other people's retirement accounts uh, that I knew to help fund my deals. And so that, that was a big game changer for me as well when I was in my early twenties. That is genius. I love that because entrepreneurship is really like seeing a problem in the marketplace and solving it. And so, and, and you were solving your own problem and it's a, what a lot of people have is they don't have a lot of access to capital, maybe of the little bit saved up or something in their 401k, but they don't, most people don't have access to capital. And then part two, it like people don't necessarily know what to do with it. Now, I think, and you kind of mentioned early on is, but you realize like real estate was a, a pattern with wealthy people and kind of marrying, okay, you got smart and could go find real estate deals, but you didn't have all the capital to close these deals. So you, but you did know people in which coming back to like your network and your relationships. So you knew people who maybe didn't know how to find a real estate deal, but had maybe 401ks or IRAs, retirement funds. And you figured out a way to kind of tap into that where you could add value to them be like, hey, look, you have this, these funds here, you can put it into real estate. And you found the deal. And I'm sure you got, you know, your economics, whether you split it or whether you got a fee for it or to walk me more through that. Like, I want to, I want to understand even for me personally, but for the audience, like how people can self-direct their IRAs or 401ks and like how they could, let's just use a sample, like real estate deal. Like, how would you go about that? Let's say you found a real estate deal and you didn't have the capital just hypothetically, but you knew someone with an IRA or 401k, like walk me through kind of that world and what you did. Well, I'll, I'll explain my first deal to you. And, and let me, before I do that, for those that are listening to this, you know, if, if you're in a place where you are looking for money for your business or, uh, or for real estate or uh, for different in, different types of investments, um, this is the single difference maker that put me over the edge where I am, went from one to a hundred almost overnight. So, so I want to preface it, this, this concept, because it's a lot of times when someone starts talking about IRAs and retirement, especially uh, all the young people that listen, I get a lot of young, I, I, I thought I was young, but I'm, I don't think I am as much anymore. But uh, when you start talking about retirement accounts, people turn off like, oh, this is you know, this, I can't touch it to them. I'm telling you, this is the sexiest thing about mm-hmm. um, trying to, to build your business and get capital. So let me also say that there's over 85 million IRAs in the United States. IRAs, not 401ks. So 85 What's the difference million, for people, IRA versus 401k? So, so, so a 401k is a company-planned retirement um, account. So if you have a current 401k where you currently work, you cannot self-direct it. You can't move it until you are let go or you leave. Then you can transfer it to an IRA. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not even talking about those accounts. There's 85 right. million IRA accounts that are available that can actually do what I'm telling you right now about that of those 85 million um, accounts. And, and let me also say that 50% of Americans in the last four years have either changed jobs or lost jobs, which means they all have old 401ks. 54%. 50%. Like it was actually, it's like 48 or 51. It's, wow. it's about 50%. So, so, I mean, think about with COVID and stuff. So mm-hmm. almost all of America in the last five years has changed jobs 
or lost chops. And in all of those accounts, meaning they all have these old 401ks with the previous mm-hmm. employer that they can move and fund your business or your real estate, which I'm going to get to in a second. I'm sharing this because uh, the 85 million accounts represent $5.4 trillion. So if, you, if you're ever in a place where you think, woe is me, I can't find money, a bank won't lend to me, I'm telling you, 30% of the people you know around you have an account in some kind of stock market thing where they're not happy for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're overpaying, don't understand what's happening in the market, not keeping up with inflation and don't know their options. And they're down like probably 20% in the last year if they're in the stock market. A- absolutely. And so so 30% of who you're talking to are potential lenders or candidates to be mm-hmm. your partner or to be your next investor. So I, I wanted to preface all that by telling you that what I'm talking about, 30% of America actually represents and can be your investor. Mm-hmm. And I learned this when I was 23 years old. And so my first deal at 23 was a condo I found in Las Vegas. It was $60,000. I had no money, couldn't get a bank loan, but I learned about this concept. And this gentleman lent to me $60,000. He had a 500 and something thousand dollar IRA. He moved over 60000 into a self-directed company. So all that means is, is it's, a, it's a different kind of account, mm-hmm. but it is still IRA. Mm-hmm. There's no taxes, no penalties, nothing. Um, and yeah, then he moved explain over. the difference. So we know 401k is with your company, then IRA is kind of separate uh, so, on your so, own. So, so an IRA is, no, an IRA is just, it's a vehicle that the IRS has allowed individuals to set up, and put money away with, with any company, Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles, Charles Schwab, all of them. Right. Everyone has an IRA. Uh, every company has an IRA. Our company, Horizon Trust, also offers IRAs. Most of our clients move a portion of or all of their IRA or old 401k to us so they can self-direct, meaning they can put their money in on in in an alternative asset. So rather than putting it in the stock market, our clients mostly come to us because they are sick of the market and they want to move their money into what we're going to talk about now. Mm-hmm. And so so an IRA is a simple traditional kind of re- individual retirement account that anyone can have or has set up. Um, it's simple. It can be a Roth IRA, traditional. We can go on and on. All that it gets a little bit more boring. But uh, typically, when we meet with an individual, we'll find out what the best kind of account is for you. And, and like Wade, you know, same thing for you guys. And so typically the answer is going to be a Roth IRA. And we'll again, talk about that later. But where I was going with this is a retirement account. Um, if if this individual, he, he, he moved over his IRA, $60,000 into a self-directed company like mine, Horizon Trust. So he kept his other 500,000 at Charles Schwab, moved over six, 60,000 to a self-directed company. Then he directed that money to an escrow company that where I was closing this house. Mm-hmm. I had an agreement between his IRA and me that I was going to give him 75% of the profits. Mm-hmm. So when that deal closed and, our, you know, he you funded it with his IRA. And flip this condo? Yes. Buy Got and it. flip it. So, so this, so we bought it money. I, I, his IRA is $60,000 moved over to escrow per the instructions, his instructions, uh, and then we had an agreement that when the um, condos flipped, he gets 75% of the profits. I get 25%. Mm-hmm. We flipped it in like 90 days. He got his 60,000 back plus 12,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. So he made 
20%. 20% in 60 to, or 90 days. 80% annual return there. 80% annual return. And so, and I made four grand mm-hmm. over 90 days. And at with, the time, no money in. Uh, no money in, a lot of work. Yeah. Um, but, but I got to prove my process that, like, this, you know, this actually works, right? You got um, paid for and, education too. You learned so yeah. much and you got paid to do it instead of paying, paying to do it. That's right. And so I used his money, you know, he didn't pay any taxes on that $12,000 all went back to his IRA. Mm-hmm. And so I called him on the next deal. I think he invested, of course, uh, after the third deal, I actually changed the terms. I made it 50, 50, right? Yeah. Of course. But I was building this, this relationship with him. Then after a few more deals, it was 75, 25. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he actually passed away. He's an investor of mine for about 14 years, passed away a couple of years ago. And when in the last couple of years that he invested with me, I paid him 8% on his money and that was it. Right. But I, I had to earn that, right? I had to build that relationship and I had to pay it back every time. And so, so the, but my point is, is what's great about the IRA, a self-directed IRA is this individual was able to beat the stock market, mm-hmm. invest in something he understood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I also was able to, to leverage that and not to put up any money on those deals. Mm-hmm. Now, over time, like today in my life, I've done this long enough now, I've done it for 19 years. I now have, now I lend my money to individuals. I'm a little bit more of a shark because I'm in the industry. So I know the deal. So, yeah. so don't call me for 8% money. That's not yeah. my deal. <laughs> I, 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 um, but I will tell you that 30% or, you know, 85% of the Americans that have IRAs would be ecstatic to make eight to 10% fixed on their money. Mm. They're not making that in the stock market that keeps up with inflation. And so that's where you go. And so if you're looking, so that same model or same example I gave you, I've done that over and over and over again. I've also done that for businesses. Uh, like if you and I, Wade, wanted to start a business right now, or let's say it's just your business, Wade, you're going to start a new business and you needed funding for it. Mm-hmm. And you said, hey, Greg, look, I'm looking for equity investors and you know, I'm offering to sell 10% of my company. Mm-hmm. Um, my IRA could fund or lend your business and get equity in return. And then the profits that I make from your business would go into my IRA and I pay nothing in taxes, zero. And, and so it'd go back into my Roth IRA. And so the power and leverage of, of compounding interest and not paying taxes um, is incredible. In fact, it, if you want to, it's depending on your timing here, but you can play that game for a minute. If you go to htccalculator.com, it's my company, Horizon Trust Company. It's a Ramsey calculator. And it is probably for a numbers guy, a finance degree guy, this is like down your alley. In fact, you can do a whole thing on this on a Friday, Wade, yeah. just to mess around with this. But if you answer those four or five questions that we have on there, your age, how long you're going to save for, how much you're going to start with and put away, compounded, it is incredible over a 20-year period. And and if, if, if you can invest, like the difference between, let's say you and I, Wade, let's say that you and I both invest in the same deal, the exact same deal in real estate. Over and over and over again, the difference is you do it from your LLC and I do it from my IRA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save 20 to 30% of my profits every single year. I'm not paying taxes on You are. Every year, every flip, you're going to pay tax on your gains. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And so it's the difference of me actually, if you do that, I've done the math on lots of different scenarios, but if, if I continue to compound my money inside of my self directed IRA, doing real estate investments and you do it outside of it. I'll have 10 or 20 million in my IRA and you'll have half that Mm -hmm. just by compounding inside of a retirement vehicle. And so um, I gave two examples in this, in this question you asked, I gave one example of if you're looking for money for your business or real estate, 
there's 85 potential lenders out mm-hmm. there in the U.S. that can lend you money. So that's what I yeah. talked about first. Then I said, for those of you that already have a retirement account and are looking to actually get out of the stock market, do something that you might understand better, be it real estate, gold, or businesses. I don't get too crazy on Bitcoin, but you can do that too. <laughs> um, uh, but you can do any of those alternative assets inside a retirement account and not pay taxes. And you play around that calculator all day, you'll you'll see you don't have to make 20% rate of returns. In fact, if you can just make 10 or 12% compounded and not pay taxes, you'll make millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, I think that this this has been eye-opening and I have a few questions for you actually for my own personal investing, but I think everyone will benefit from. But a few things kind of... I heard over this is like, okay, you're either someone who doesn't have capital. If you don't have capital and you want to build wealth, you need capital. But a lot of people get wealthy using other people's money, whether it's a hedge fund or whatever it is. So you, but you have to get really good at a skill. You have to be a top five or 1% in a specific area. Maybe it's like Greg was flipping condos, houses, real estate. Maybe it's real estate for you. You have to get really good at real estate, you have to understand markets. You have to be better than whoever it is you're raising money from because they have the capital. Their value add is I can fund the deal. Your value add is I can find and manage and flip and do all the other things of the deal. So if you don't have money, you got to get really good at something like that uh, or have your own business idea. If you do have money, you can partner with someone or you can do it yourself, which is really cool. I'm I'm going to run through this calculator. So for me, Greg, I do some, we, I have a, a investment companies with two of my good friends from college. One's a CPA, one's a lawyer. I've told you a little bit about it and I'm kind of the finance brain. We invest in real estate and venture capital, but mostly real estate. So my best friend's a CPA. So he's all over like, we don't pay taxes because we depreciate real estate. We're more long-term actually. We don't, we haven't flipped anything. So as far as long-term real estate, there's, you know, cash flowing long-term rentals and we have some short-term rentals, Airbnbs. Would you recommend funding those deals from a self-directed IRA. What we do now is we fund it from, I know you're familiar with like our infinite banking policies are overfunded whole life and we'll purchase it through our, put it in LLC and then we'll depreciate the, I'm blanking on it, whatever depreciation schedule will depreciate a lot of it and we won't pay taxes. And I won't then pay taxes really on my earned income from other businesses too. But how would you think about it as far as flipping versus like long-term rental? And I know this is kind of getting into the weeds, but for me, myself particularly. Well, well, look, well, it depends on the, the active type of investing you're doing. You bring up a great point. So if you're doing investing where you're getting a lot, you know, enough depreciation to offset any income, mm-hmm. um, then you don't necessarily have to put those assets in a self-directed IRA. A self-directed IRA where you're going to find the real big tax savings or where you're making, you know, you're, you're flipping. Um, I have wholesalers that do it all the time. They'll buy the wholesale deals that are, they're buying it for five or wholesaling for 5,000. They put up five, they flip it and make, you know, for 20 in 60 days or 30 days. Uh, those are great for self-directed mm-hmm. buying and selling uh, or businesses that don't have depreciation. Mm-hmm. If you have depreciation and that's why I tell a lot of my investors as well. I'm not here to tell you that for well, two things. One, this isn't for everybody. If you're not, you know, a proactive, engaged investor in what you're investing in, stay in the stock market. Work with your yeah. financial advisor. Don't pay attention to your investing like you probably are doing. Um, but for those of you that want to take action, this is the right thing for you. But then number mm-hmm. two, it, you don't put all of your investments in the self-directed IRA. There are certain assets, like you talked about, that you can depreciate. There's also certain assets, 
end of the day, you still need to make money. You still mm -hmm. have personal bills. Mm -hmm. So you can't put all of your income and profits into a self-directed IRA because you have, you got to pay bills. And so you need to have enough income for that. Not to mention, you also want to have enough income to have a decent sized tax return because you want to leverage money from banks. So you okay. can't also get, you know, pay nothing in taxes and have, you know, a zero. I used to try to play that game when I was younger. Then I would try to go get a million dollar, $5 million loan. And then like we tax returns are no good. And so uh, you, you need to pay some taxes. You need to make some money. And so my, my long answer to your question is, you know, if, if you've got assets that depreciate, you can keep those outside of it. If you're flipping things or you start businesses that have a lot of pro, uh, income or profit and you don't want to pay tax on it, you can put it in a self-directed IRA. And then cer certain businesses that you're very active in wouldn't be in a self-directed IRA either. Um, it's, it's more for passive investments that you don't want to pay taxes on. Like I come to you and say, hey, wait. I got this new deal. It's a marketing company, blah, blah, blah. Love to have you a partner on it. Uh, you don't have to do much. I just need, you know, investor dollars and, you know, maybe on a board seat. Uh, you have your IRA, invest it, get equity in it. And it's totally passive and you pay no taxes on those gains. That would be more of what that works for. So if someone wanted to open up a self-directed IRA, would how would they do that? I mean, obviously they'd connect with someone like you, Horizon Trust. But could they take funds they already have in a 401k or something like what are the ways to get a self-directed IRA? And then in doing that, do you really open that up so you can direct it into other investments like real estate or partner with someone like you, Greg, or someone who they know that knows real estate? Like walk me through kind of that if someone's like, oh, I want to get involved in this. Yeah. So so the the two you know most used ways of getting a self-directed, creating a self-directed IRA are first people that already have an IRA or old 401k. If you already have one of those things, it's no brainer. Um, and we, and we help you that process. It takes about a couple of weeks to get the money over. Like if it's, you, let's say you got an old 401k or IRA from fidelity, it will, it will, it will take, you'll fill, we fill out the application with you over the phone. It takes like 10 minutes, send it to you, fill it, you sign it, send it back to us. Then it takes two weeks typically for the money to arrive. So it's going to come from Fidelity or wherever it's at, Charles Schwab, and it arrives to us. And then once it's there, it sits there until you direct us and tell us where you want to put the money. I want to send it to Wade's deal. I want to send it to this opportunity or this whatever, you know, Bitcoin or gold and silver, which is hot right now, or whatever the case is. Sometimes it'll sit for three or four months and do nothing. And I say, I share that with you because my mine does that as well. Like I, I let my IRA sometimes just sit until I find the right deal. I might find that deal that is a flip. And so it might wait, sit for three or four months, but guess what? If it sat for three or four months in the stock market, I probably would have lost five or 10%. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather it sit, not lose anything. But when the opportunity comes up, I get the phone call from Wade. I can move the money over the next day and fund that deal. And I might mm -hmm. flip my money and make a 20, 40, 50% rate return in six to nine months. That's what my money's there for. And so you fund your deal with, with that or- so It's kind of a liquid account. It's not necessarily invested anything within the self-directed IRA. That's right. It's just, a, it. it's just basically sitting in an account with us. It's like a bank account and just sits there until you tell us where it's going to go until mm -hmm. that opportunity comes up. Um, and the benefit and so, versus having it in a checking account is when it goes back in, it's not taxed, like the gains you get from the deal flip or whatever. That's right. So when you go invest it somewhere, the, all of the profits or interest paid goes back into the retirement account and you pay no taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if it's in a Roth IRA, you pay no taxes now or ever. If it's in a traditional IRA, uh, you'll pay taxes eventually when you pull it out when you're 59 and a half or older. And so, but anyone, you know, it's, anyone that plans on making decent money in their retirement account should convert or have a Roth IRA. That's, yeah. it's a no brainer. But then the other way is for those of you that don't have a retirement account, 
don't have one set up, uh, that's the other. You can do a contribution. And so we help find out which account's right for you. Typically, it's a Roth. Mm -hmm. If you make too much money or if you want to put away more money, um, we can show you how you can actually put up to fifty to $60,000 in a 401k. We'll actually set up a 401k like for you. Uh, like I assume you have an LLC uh, that maybe you and Sandy own that LL, that LLC. We can actually create a 401k plan for you two, and you can fund up to fifty or sixty thousand dollars per year into, um, which I have as well. And so that's a good way of putting away more money now rather than just the limits of fifty five hundred or sixty five hundred dollars. So it's it's it, there's no reason why anybody can't get one started. So if you either start one from scratch, or if you already currently have one. A retirement account or old 401k, you can transfer it over. Got it. Super helpful. And this is, we're just scratching the surface here, but there's, we'll share, you know, all the places where you can connect with Greg and, and kind of find out more about all of this. But all right, let's go into like to end it here. We'll call it a fire round. We'll do like, you know, I'll ask you a question, succinct answer, minute or less. I have a few final questions for you here. You down okay. with that? Yep. Sounds great. All right. I asked you this earlier, but let's go like high level. What was your biggest failure and what'd you learn from it? I know that's a tough one. Uh, no, it's not that tough. Um, uh, I got cocky and thought I could do anything in real estate. In fact, I was doing really well, doing a lot of single family homes and thought I could, um, I can do better. I'll do bigger. I'll go out and do hotels. Well, when you, when there's something that goes wrong in a hotel and you have a monthly check, you know, a mortgage of 50,000 a month. If you're six months off, that's $300,000. When you're six months off on a, on a small business or real estate deal, it's like $10,000. Mm -hmm. So um, bigger is not necessarily better. Um, if you've got something that's working, stick to it, do more of it, scale it. You don't need to go do something that you're not uh, familiar with. Got it. Love that. Scale what you know. Okay. Where do you see, you know, you don't have to predict it, but like, where do you kind of see the economy going and how are you personally preparing for that? Uh, I'll start with what I'm personally preparing. I, I am a big proponent on doing things that make you sleep well at night. Mm. And it's, it's contrary to what most entrepreneurs and, and most people say, leverage, take out all the equity out of your house. It's dormant. Take it out and crush it. <laughs> um, I can tell you when your house is paid off, when you have more money in the bank, you sleep better at night. When you sleep better at night, you make better decisions. So what am I doing? I'm, I'm building my war chest because there's lots of opportunities coming. Mm. The market's changing. Money's going away. Uh, uh, it's going to change. Next year, there's going to be a lot more opportunities. So I'm preparing for opportunities. I'm not a big stock market guy. I invest mm. in what I know. I invest yeah. in real estate and businesses. So that, that's where I go. Yep. I love that. Yeah. That's kind of been a reoccurring theme, but just building liquidity right now is huge. And I love that. Like what, what helps you sleep at night? And would you say you've, you had that same perspective when you were like in your mid twenties or were you leveraging the assets? Yeah. He's nodding his head. No. So that's something no, you've learned no, no. over, you know, decade. Well, um, let me look, let me, let me, let me just comment on that too. In 2008, when the market crashed, I had, I owed $25 million to banks mm. and I had, I had, 2008. I had three kids, young kids. Mm. I on my balance sheet in 2007, I was the man. Mm -hmm. 2008, it was all on paper. I had no liquidity, and I had mm -hmm. banks serving me lawsuits at my house. That is a low. 
And yeah. I, so, so I, I learned real quick about the importance of sleeping well at night and not over leveraging. Real quick. Do, do you see the next couple of years, the economy softening, maybe going into recession? Are there similarities to 08 or was 08 kind of its own beast? 08 a little bit of its own beast for sure. There's just so much money the government gave out, gave out during mm-hmm. COVID that really is, uh, has made it super strange. But no, we're for 100. I, I mean, I think we've started recession in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Continue the fire rant. Looking back, what would you tell your younger self? Like knowing where you are today, and you've kind of already answered some of this, but like telling that young go getter, go get the mentor self, like what advice would you give that person or the person just starting out in entrepreneurship or real estate or investing? Well, what's the opposite of success? How would you answer that? What's the, what is it? What would you say? Wait, what's the opposite of success? Just one word. What's the opposite of success? I mean, I think in the, in the uh, dictionary, it's failure, but I think it's like just unhappiness. Okay. 99% of Americans would say the opposite of success is failure. Yes. And I say the opposite of success is quitting. Mm. Failure is part of your process of success. Think of all your successes. Failure was part of that. It was a step of that. So what I would tell my younger self and those starting out is you're going to continue to fail. And, and in fact, you'll fail more times than you succeed. But when you succeed, you'll succeed bigger. Mm. And so don't get discouraged. Failure is part of the process. You're going to get 10 or 12 no's before you get your yes and stay at it. With your, in fact, with your attitude, Wade, that's something that you are incredible at every time. I know you've had bad days, but you come with a smile because we all have bad days. Mm-hmm. But your attitude and, and accepting failure as a win, it's part of your process, is, is essential. Yes, I love that. I heard Kobe Bryant, they asked him, what's failure? He was like, what's failure? Because failure doesn't exist. Like, it's only <laughs> failure if I quit. Like, if that's I right. learn from losing and airballing and I get up on Tuesday and I go to work and get a thousand jump shots in and I do the same on Wednesday and I go back Thursday, like I might lose again, but like it's only failing if I quit. So I love that. All right. Last question. How have your, this is important for me because I have a 10 month old daughter and I know, you know, you hear all the time more is caught than taught. Yeah. I could tell her to do something, but more so she's watching me. So how have your kids picked up on your mindset or your kind of approach to life or business or different things? Uh, this is the, the most important subject in my opinion. Uh, I am a huge proponent of, and Wade, you're wise in your young years of, of what you just said is actions. Um, the kids see what you do, not what you say, but what you do. I sit around, I'm on a, several different boards and different communities and YPO, some really, really influential rich people and parents and and it's interesting to see how they react and how their parent or how their kids are. And often I'll hear about these really successful people, billionaire. I have some billionaire friends and their kids are, they're great people, mm-hmm. but how they react and teach their kids is by sending them to something else. I'm sending them to a service project, I'm sending them to this camp. I hired this tutor. Mm. All are not bad, but there's something about quality time and service um, your kids need to see you serve. The more that you serve, the better. And I can tell you, I'm 100% not perfect. I'm blessed um, that my my kids have an incredible mother as well and other influencers. But mm-hmm. I will say that we worked hard on sh- being with them and sh- showing them by example. And, and on the subject, because I can go hours on it and I won't, don't worry. This is not the quick answer. But I will also say, as a parent, 
you have until they're 12 or 13, not 18. Mm. So, so if you thought you had 18, I've just taken six years away from me because you have 12 years because those are the 12 years that you have a daughter, right? Daughter. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to hold your hand. She's going to mm. cuddle with you. Oh. She's and t- until they're 12, because then what's going to happen. They're still going to love you, but now all of a sudden you're, not going to influence them like you have been mm-hmm. you they now are going to be influenced and be influencers to their friends mm-hmm. so from third 12 13 to 18 it's their friends and so so you so th- these next 12 years are the most important years mm-hmm. that you have with your daughter and then it's going to go to their friends which is awesome it's worked out because my kids have incredible friends and they build each other up and now i've got two now 18 and 20 year old who um, are making their own decisions, starting their own businesses, going to school. One's in Hawaii, University of Hawaii. My daughter just was out there two weeks with her uh, two weeks ago. And, and because I think we did a pretty good job until they're 12, they made great friend decisions and continue to do that in life. So mm. um, my long answer to your quick rapid question thing is serve, serve, serve. Let your kids see you serving others. That will be one of the best things you can do. I love that. And it reminds me of literally just an example from today. It's Tuesday as of the time of this recording. And Tuesdays is actually the only day we don't have like help. We we have like 30 hours of help a week, but we're here. We work from home. So we kind of get to interact with Cam, but I might get to do an interview or whatever, take a call, different things. So I'm privileged and fortunate and blessed that I get to spend so much time with my daughter and I love it. But Tuesdays we don't. And so Tuesdays is like our family day. But I knew we also had this interview. And so mornings, we usually, you know, we go on a walk together as a family, which we did at Salt Creek this morning. And then Cam now, our 10-month-old, has Ladybug music class every Tuesday morning in the park at 9 a.m. And I was kind of thinking, you know, the work day, things I had to accomplish. I got this interview with Greg. I want to prepare for different things. But I could feel in my soul, like Sandy, my wife, was going to go with her. I'm like, I should go to this. Like, even though it's this kids music class it's like not corny is not the right word for it but like think about like sitting in a park mm-hmm. playing the music with like 10 month olds it's just, it's hilarious <laughs> but it was the right decision and so I, I went I went this morning and I'm the only dad there it's all moms and the kids yeah. and I'm the only dad there and Mr. Brooks a singer but it was that it's those yeah. little things it's like wow in that perspective of we don't have till they're 18 we have till they're like 12 or 13 and then there's friends and boys and you know whatever and all these things in school so really good perspective there and I think that is a great way to end this because that coming back to even the beginning like you could look at someone being financially successful but like like Greg kind of mentioned go look at their life like is that a life that you would want to live and strive for and so that's um that's kind of what I see in you Greg and I just I look up to you and respect you in that way so thank you thank you thank you for for coming on getting magnetic and sharing with me if people want to find you like where the what are the best places to connect with you or find you at um I'm not great at social media but you can go to my Instagram Greg He's Gerling, good. but uh, um but but Greg at Horizon Trust that's my email Greg at Horizon okay. Trust I, I respond to everybody I might take me a day or two, but I, I really do care. I love seeing people grow. I know you're the same way, Wade. So uh, Greg at horizontrust.com or Instagram, you can message me or whatever, we'll get back to you. But whatever we can do to help, whatever we can do to give you, you know, I want to give first as well. I, I do live that way. I'll just say it. So, but anyways, yeah, just, just you'll find me or get, Wade can connect you with me. So Yeah, yeah. Feel free to connect with me. Ask me any questions. I can connect you with Greg. Um, I'll drop his his Instagram. He actually has some, some good kind of motivational short clip videos. And then 
Yeah, we'll drop his email in the show notes as well. But thank you, Greg. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you at the gym hopefully this week. And uh, appreciate it, brother. Sounds good. Thanks, Wayne. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. Magnetic.